0: Yes, you're going
1: to have people turn their backs, but it's time for us to keep it real. Just keep talking that real, bro.
2: Do what you do. I know what you do. So keep doing that. Talk the real. The HBI lads will see you now. See you now. See you now. I don't want to cause no problems.
0: Mm-hmm. I just want to live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. And we're back. HBI podcast, health, business, and in between. All four of the boys are here. And this is a special one today. Was within our, I was not say quartet of awesomeness, let's just go with that today. We have two little playgrounds. That's right. The HBI podcast has been hit by COVID. The Melburnians have gone down, Dan as the, you know, the great escape man, the uh, Robert Redford on the motorbike going over the, Houdini. the barbed wire fence. Yep. Well, I don't know if Houdini really got away, did he? Um. But... No. He, uh, he got out the Gold Coast and just left your boys to get fried. And my favourite part of this story is, of course, that Mina gave it to Ben, which yeah. is cute, <laughs>
2: which we'll go and through. And even know
0: I had it. Exactly, like, right? But the point of this is we thought it was not a really the kiss good... me, Mina. Right. Yeah, that's why you can't kiss patients. Those, ha-
1: those, those hairstyles, man, I'm telling you, they're just giving you <laughs> every time.
0: All right, before we get reported... Um, Really, really importantly, we thought it was a really good one for you know business owners to understand a little bit of uh how to keep things moving if you get diagnosed with COVID, for those that haven't already experienced it. And then there's a bit of a reflection for the boys in you know how perhaps they would set their business up or how they would do things a little bit differently in the future, now knowing what they know. So Mina, you know, since you were patient zero the start of the zombie apocalypse do you want to sort of run us through with your timeline and sort of what it meant to you
2: is a genesis rat
1: yeah <laughs> look um i was kind of one of the lucky ones to get it right at, at the end where i had two of or three of my employees copied at the start so um I was actually on holidays and I had to come back early because all my guys were affected with COVID, which was great. But at the same time, it affected me financially. Um, It affected me um, by not, you know, catering to my clients. Um, It affected me because I had to come back from holidays. So mindset was kind of a bit all over the place. And then, coming to the facts they have to pay an annual leave, sick leave and you know, kind of haven't been in that situation where someone had to exhaust all their leave at the same time, um, which for me was a bit of an eye opener in terms of, okay, well, what, Accounts do I have as in the case of emergency? You know, how much annual leave do I save up and sick leave do it for my people? Um, and this was a really, really big eye-opener. And everything's always great in hindsight. But these are the sorts of accounts that you need to have set up. So in the case of an emergency, um, you have the funds. And it's for me, generally, it's always money that kind of is the big stress here. Uh, when I got COVID, I was fully booked. I had 60 clients booked. Uh, for the week and you know that's almost you know a good five six grand worth of work just gone you know and now the compensation you get 750 bucks so trying to get better as well as uphold the business and when you have COVID you're absolutely knocked out for a good four days um, so you don't even have the energy to even you know think about staffing and, and, and all that and if you're running a business on your own this is where it can get really really complicated but even more complicated when you have staff and everyone's depending on you so a really big taking for me is knowing that you've got accounts set up for a ready day. It's a really, really important factor.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I think that ca- cash flow becomes a problem. And <clears throat> this is this is not good to talk about like during it, it happening because it's something that needs to be set up in advance. And that's why it's, it's good good financial management. And if you need help with that, then obviously seek it out. But like we do have like a reserve account, account set up. And like, for example, our finances specifically, I've got some reserves, but I have you know quarterly P A Y G that I that I had to dip in because we had, as I said, about 18 weeks worth of annual leave to pay out the last couple of months. Cash flow is at all-time low. I haven't worked, I've worked maybe seven weeks in the last 10. Sorry, I've worked three weeks in the last 10 all my guys were gone on annual leave, which is fine because it's over the Christmas period. So logistically it was a bit of a nightmare and lucky that I had some money in the reserve accounts to continue paying out annual leave. And obviously there's four four mouths to feed. So two wasn't enough to supply the four in terms of um, making sure all the bills and obviously all the bills came out at the same time. And so, and as Mina said, we had planned work and, planned projected money coming through so i think that what i learned the most about was like financial planning and making sure that you know especially when it came around a time that for mina as well like christmas time that sort of thing staff taking on your leave so it was just a massive hit to the to the money and the cash flow and the bank accounts and but i do know and we went through a, a move um we brought on you know staff back into last year so we had a lot of changes with new website updates, a lot of extra bills coming out as well. So i was just thinking, I'm just hemorrhaging here. So I'm just like, fuck, all right, let's keep it afloat. But what I am uh, grateful for is that, you know, the projected cash flow of the business will be able to recoup that money. So biggest thing for me going forward is making sure there's enough money in your reserve accounts for these, as Mina said, for a rainy day. And B, you know, I've got faith in the company and, a good track record to say, even though I've dipped into these reserve accounts, I can afford to pay these things back. And there's such things as, you know, if you need to like payment plans, you can go on with the PAYG, like certain things like that with tax and super and that sort of thing. So hopefully I don't have to go down that route, but we dipped a good 20K probably into reserves that I didn't plan on doing. (laughs) That's not just from COVID, but yeah, COVID was the icing on, on the cake.
1: And what's really important, I think, is business owners. I've actually spoken to a lot of business owners that don't pay themselves. So they pay all their staff. All their staff are well-equipped. But, you know, when a business owner goes, oh, I'm going to take annual leave, we laugh at it. Um because you know we 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 put ourselves last and I think this is a huge mistake uh this is something that I've I've changed in all my financial strategies to make myself as an employee as well as a business owner so I do get the perks of annual leave I do get the perks of sick leave because for me personally I am getting older you know um there's a lot of things happening in family if I need to take a week off if I'm going on holidays um whatever the case may be I need to make sure I've got my own set of annual leaves, my own set of super um, and everything paid for for myself because a lot of business owners neglect that. And I think it's a huge, huge, huge problem in their own financials. It's a big problem.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Right. Like we've probably harped about this a lot of times over the years, but like if you're not setting yourself up properly, you are going to be in trouble when these big things come swinging, right? Whether it's COVID, whether it's, staff taking annual leave, deaths in families or whatever else it might be, you can't be reactive. It's like your health, right? If you're reactive with your health decisions, you're going to have a bad time. It's something we I personally preach to my patients. So we should be living by that in all aspects. And I know I have probably raved about this again, but Profit First by Mike McCallowitz. If you are a business owner and you haven't read that book, you're doing yourself a disservice. Simple, easy. And it literally sets you up so that exactly as been said, you have reserves and ideally you put them in a place. You can't look at them day to day and think you have that.
2: Money. Yeah. Almost played it well, but yeah, I fell down to the last step. I need to read that book by the way. Yeah. Um, you can get but complacent. Yeah. It's Yeah. Being prophylactic, preventative, making sure that, you know, your business is viable. And I think Mina, Nath, Dan, we've all harped on about making sure, you know, how much money you're earning, how much money is going out the door, and you, you need fucking reserves because the worst things, can, no, what you know, things will happen that you can't, can't anticipate. And, you know, you, like us, for example, you know, Christmas time annually maxed out, COVID on top of that. My guys all got COVID. I'm just like, fuck, moving a new place. I'm like, of course, we sort of got hit with everything at once. But when you have reserves, basically – um you can mitigate a lot of your stress. So maybe we can talk about, as Mina said, like personally, you know, it did There's a day and a half, two days where I was pretty wounded, where I wasn't doing a whole lot. I was communicating with my guys over, over our group techs and log, working out logistics, laundry scheduling, you know, we didn't even have an FOS machine set up at our new location at this point. So I was trying to manually do the invoicing, chasing up money. And, uh, rescheduling of my own clients so everyone knows that we you need to go into like a seven-day quarantine but then my son got sick and my wife got sick so they pushed out the time a bit longer uh, i found that honesty was a good policy with the clients Touch base with all of them let them know what happened and why their appointments have been rescheduled and i tried to load up and this is the perks of having a team i tried to load up um, to and andreas as much as i could and in doing so that sort of serves a good purpose uh, long-term because that means then these clients are kind of forced onto your new therapist and you know if if you're mentoring you're in your in-house training and you've chosen the right therapist if they're you know p- producing a service at a standardized rate like you know that you might operate in or around the vicinity of, of how you deliver your service personally that means people can interchange quite easily transfer amongst your team and that maybe you know your new therapist might pick up a client who previously had seen you, for example. So I find that situations like these w- does force your hand. And unfortunately you didn't have to force your client's hand, but it's like, you know, people are, are fearful and apprehensive of trying a new therapist, like you would a new barber. But if, if they surprise you and they, they do such a similar job and they realize that you've got a standardized service, that the, the push uh, isn't so, isn't so tough, I guess you could say. And the client's actually pleasantly surprised. So, so that really means, yeah, again, another prophylactic preventative thing is to making sure your service that you're delivering, in in my opinion, needs to be somewhat standardized so that clients can shift between practitioners on the same team. And you don't technically lose clients to another competitor business, for example.
0: Something I'm curious about, I guess, for both your ads through there we go back to that personal side of stuff so obviously you go down with COVID and we as we hear it can be anything from people not knowing they've got it to being put in hospital but in both your experiences we might start with you Mina how obviously what was your timeline like and then coming back to work did you feel like you were firing on all guns straight away or was there still a bit of a process of recovery there?
1: Um It's a very interesting one. Everyone's quite different, but for me, uh, the first three days I just had really bad headaches and body aches. Um, that kind of knocked me about for a good three a good three days. Uh, by the fourth day, I was kind of ready to hit back to work because of our seven day quarantine. So um, hydration and minerals, vitamins were really, really, really crucial part to get in my immune system. Funny enough, there's no treatment for it um, as it's just a viral infection. So the body kind of just has to battle with the symptoms. So that's why there's kind of no treatment for it. But I think um, hydration was a really, really, really key factor uh, for me. Um, Now it's been about 10 days since I've had it, I guess. um, And I still feel quite lethargic, even though I've run back straight into a 45, 50 hour week. If I could do it again, I'd probably take an extra week off to to be honest, just to rejuvenate Um, mentally. Like you, you know, you need to go physically. You just can't. You are just super exhausted. Um, and I've had to literally put in breaks, proper hour breaks, so I can re- replenish myself. Um, so that was a bit hard coming back. And even till now, like there's still some residual uh, symptoms left: congestion, headaches. Um, and it takes a good three to four weeks to to actually fully fully recover. Even when I went on a little break, went on a holiday just on the weekend, and even just jet skiing and just. We are doing hunting and a few things like that, and I was just gassed the whole time. Um, which is that's kind of never happened before. So, I think really good, healthy diet, fresh vitamins, um, keeping yourself uh, optimally hydrated is, is a crucial
2: key, but it does linger around for a while. And I can talk my experience. I, have, I mean, I said everyone's pretty different. I, I sort of kept things a close eye on things just to see metrically what things are symptoms what was doing what and for how long it lasted for. I reckon I had a headache for five days. I had a fucking real sore throat for about four days. Didn't even want to eat food at one stage. Uh, body aches, ran a high fever for, you know, a good 36 hours. And uh, that were probably my main symptoms. Uh, I can't work out. Nath, Mina, we're, we're all parents here. Like, you and a business owner, plus COVID on top of that, like you're already a bit fucked anyway. So I, was, I didn't really know if the extra fatigue, because it's only my first day back, so I can't really talk. But I didn't know if the extra fatigue was like, you yeah, know, my son got it and he's not sleeping that well. And I'm like, always at the moment feel a bit bit flat energy-wise anyway. But apparently I've been told by um, our naturopath that it, apparently most people do hit a wall two weeks later where they will get quite run down and quite fatigued post-COVID fatigue, I don't know what the fuck you want to call it, Yeah, Dan might be able to comment on this sort of stuff, but at the moment, I'm feeling just normally normal, because I'm just fatigued normally, so, <laughs> so I can't really say, and I've only even had a half day back at work, so I can't really comment <laughs> on the comeback, but during was not pleasant. No, I'm, I'm very lucky that
1: cat didn't catch it i don't know how she didn't catch it i did isolate from her and the little one i slept in a separate bedroom uh for a good four days uh by the fifth day i was feeling pretty good um just at least safe wise for him uh, so, so they, they didn't cop it but if cat and i copped it at the same time i reckon that would have really made it difficult um yeah so we were very 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 fortunate to be honest with you
2: yeah, I didn't do the right thing. I fucking gave it to everyone. To me, he got it. River got it. His grandparents got it. So we we're very blessed because to me, his mum and dad helped look after River for a couple of days, but they copped it as well. So yeah, it was a good day and a half where you're pretty not not, not really that functional, to be honest.
0: All right. Well, yeah. I know we're a bit short on time with the boys today. So there's one last thing just before we all jump off that I'd love to have a rapid fire on. Obviously, we've talked about the number one thing is having that financial backing to support yourself. I guess if you, the quick quickfire stuff, if you as a business owner, what would besides the other things you would look at doing? And then number two from that, if you were a solo operator, what would be your big things to get in a row real quick? I mean, Who wants to run at that? Uh... I've got some stuff for you, but I'm waiting to see what the, team, the, the brains trust is coming.
2: I think it's more of what what we said already. I think I I personally, I don't know if this is on topic, a big lesson for me and what I got told by other business owners that I know is that, you know, when you do step away from the business and and you're not really a part of the operations, that that's where you'll uh, see all the sort of holes in the armor of your company. So I think that if you, if your company, if there's a lot of problems that you saw, like it, it was a forceful step away from the business but I've come back and go. Well, this thing needs to be self-sustaining. I don't need to be part of the operations. There's a few things I need to tweak. But the, like it goes without saying, the main things for me with yeah the money side of things. And if you're a sole operator, man, what can you do? You got to take seven days off. Like you can diversify your business if you really want, and offer some telehealth shit if you if you're capable of doing so while you're sick. Uh, you can diversify into. Other things like you, you fix you know, the website up. You know, you might fix your online booking system. You might review your financials. You might offer some products, or you might even look at down diff- different business ventures. There's like there's a lot of alternative, unlimited things you could be doing while in that time. But fortifying your financials is is a very important thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think trust between you and your people is a really, really, really crucial element. Um, for a business owner, it's very hard to let go, um, and leave the reins to someone else. Sorry, my battery is going to die. Give me one second. Always oh, gone, but
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna follow on there because that's what I was gonna say. Like
1: building dad, that trust.
0: <laughs> that's all good, but but like you said, me like building that trust. I think one of the best things every business should be doing if they haven't already is having the pre-conversation of what happens if you get COVID or they get COVID, right? With every patient, like if I get COVID, for my case, I was like, Dr. Ryan, will be here to step in. He'll make sure you're looked after. I'll be gone for this amount of time, right? right. If you get co- yeah, If you get COVID, no stress, you just let us know. We know it's a current seven-day lockdown. What we'll do is we'll just shift your appointments out for another week, and then we can always move it again, but we'll make sure we keep you in there to be looked after because obviously we want to get your body right back there. And like, mm. if you've already had the conversations, people already sort of know where they're going to go. And it's going to minimize disruption. Like everything with your people is about confidence. So if you can pregame, Hey, I've already said to my people, like, if, COVID, if we have our big outbreak here in Perth, finally, I'm going to set it up. So you walk in the front desk, charges you and books you, you come through. We've got three different tables. We separate like everyone, everyone's worked through a normal appointment takes less than 15 minutes, which means you can't be a close contact in our clinic if you're less than 15 minutes of contact. So there's no risk for me. And then they can leave through the back door. So it's a one way only. So then people aren't crossing over each other. I can clean that out. I can remove my, like me and Ryan can never work the same shifts. So we never cross for the time being. So have a look at your business infrastructure and really look how you can, even if you don't think it's a big risk, but just how you can make people feel safe until people get to that point, which usually takes like four to six weeks where they're like, eh, fuck it, we'll just go with whatever, right? That first four to six weeks, particularly what's going to happen here in Perth, where people are going to be afraid and after that, they're not going to care anymore and you've just got to run that corner for that time. Yeah,
2: this is good. This is the shit we went through over 12 months ago, Nath. Like, yeah. proper, like, Rearranging the, the structure of the business and logistics, like physically walking in and out, like who works with who. One stays at one location. Like, this is what we did like eight months ago. One, yeah. one mm-hmm. stay at one location, one you don't come to the other location. We never cross yeah. paths. Making sure the whole team's not out at once is the main thing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. All
0: right, we're going to call it there so the boys can get back to it now that they are back in the office. But please, if you've got something today, we always appreciate it. You can take a shot, share it up. It's how we get the message out. Please leave us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next week.